To Beyond the Void. Or podcasts. That's right. It's episode 229. And today we're going to be talking about a couple of new movies that just came out within the last six months. One of them called The Retreat from 2020 and Dawn of the Beast from 2021. So these are two movies that are by the same director that we didn't realize initially, which is pretty interesting. We realized when we were watching the second movie, which was really funny. Well, what I did, it's weird. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch these two movies. I saw these two trailers and I saw them within, you know, 10 trailers of themselves Mm -hmm. because I'll go watch a trailer and then I'll go, hmm, that one's one I want to go check out. And I write it down. I try to watch as many as I can either way, but there's ones that I'm like, okay, I got to review that. I got to review that. I got to review that. I got to watch this and all that. And uh-huh. and I saw both of these movies and the Dawn of the Beast just came out while the retreat actually just came out in November, apparently mm-hmm. the end of November, which I must have missed it by just, you know, right. A lot going some, on. Yeah, there was a lot going on that whole month because I was trying to watch everything I could. And I don't know. In that mm-hmm. time, it went out to prime. On Amazon. So you can watch that one, by the way, guys, for you. But it's just weird. I saw the trailers for both of these and I was like, oh, cool. It's like these two same type creatures. I wasn't thinking like, oh, this is they are the same creatures. They are. (laughs) It's because it's the same director. And we'll get into more of that later. But it's interesting. These are both movies by Bruce Wemple. And he actually directed like three movies in, in, in a trilogy almost, but they're not connected. Okay. He did a movie, uh, before these two movies that kind of fits in with, we'll talk about when we do our, our reviews. Okay. <laughs> but it's interesting. Like we had no idea. I guess we just, it just was one of those things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I did, I did recognize some things that were similar and I was like, Oh, these will fit. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah. Yeah, these are new movies, so I'm, I'm glad to be talking about them on the podcast. We, you know, we kind of mix it up here. We do old, new. By the way, guys, one of our viewers on Twitch is, who's also a fan and a friend, is Plemke, who always donates movies to the podcast, and he actually bought us a 20 movie set of Hammer Horror. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how many of you are out there that enjoy Hammer Horror films, but th- we have quite a few. And if for the, and for those of you who have been here long enough to know what the, the wheel of horror is, we have a wheel of horror that we used to use to spin to pick movies sometimes. We did it for like our full moon 
mm-hmm. Wheel of Horror, and we did it for a few other things too, mm-hmm. for like different topics that we would use. Don't and I think you- it's time to bring it back. Right. So we watch, we're going to watch basically for the month of of May, we're going to have our Hammer Horror May. Hammer Horror May. Yeah, so there'll be eight movies out of the 20 that we're going to pick that we're going to watch and review. Now, I thought about like, hey, maybe, you know, we should ask everybody what they want to see more, but there's so many. Right. So I feel like it's just like, you know. It's better to play it as a Russian roulette. Well, maybe we'll do it one specific way and be like, okay, which one of these should we watch for one week? Mm-hmm. We'll let everybody pick the two that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Then we'll spin the wheel for the second week. And then the third week, we'll let someone pick again. And then the fourth week, we'll spin the wheel. Mm-hmm. So maybe that way we can get everybody involved. If you guys are interested. Right. I think it'll be fun because I'm sorely behind on like 60s and 70s type horror films a lot of the classic style a hammer is just like just within my viewing distance a little bit Mm -hmm. when it comes to horror and classics and stuff like that don't get me wrong i saw all the classics growing up as a kid you did too i'm sure we all did right but you know as far as like being a fan of them it's i've i've really had a limited scope because i've always been a fan of the 80s and anywhere around it Mm -hmm. but hey it's this podcast is all about experiencing new stuff we haven't seen. We've I've always felt that way. I've very strongly felt that way about this podcast. And it's like, I don't want to just talk about stuff that I like. I want to experience it and tell you what, you know, and maybe find something that I didn't know I liked. Right. You know, and we can go this journey together, guys. So if you're into it, let us know in the comment section down below. Uh, maybe I'll post a little thing here this week. Letting you guys pick on Do You Love Horror in the Facebook group. So if you haven't followed us there, do it there. I'll probably do it on Twitter as well. So if you want to, you know, add us there and then vote there. You can vote on all the places. I don't even care. I'll just leave it open. Mm -hmm. And whatever wins, wins. As long as it's one vote per person. And we'll even do one on Reddit, maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good idea. Because there's ones like Die, Die, My Darling. There's just all these, like, obscure ones that aren't just... It was in this 20 pack that was normally like a hundred dollars mm-hmm. and Plumkey got it for us. So I want to make use of that. Right. As much as we can. Right. You know, I can't do all 20, maybe eventually, but that just may be too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do YouTube videos on well, them. Well, and that's the other thing is, is so we got the YouTube videos for all the new stuff. We've been doing the creep show. Uh, episode two just got posted this, this past week and this Wednesday or is it Wednesdays? I think they come out. I try to post a new episode every Wednesday or Thursday of the new episode of Creepshow in Season 2. So if you aren't following along with that, that's wildly popular on our YouTube channel for the most part. Like, we get a lot of people that just like to watch those videos and who found our channel that way. And the comment sections, like, blow up. They do. There'll be a lot of people will be there. interested in what they like or do not like. I don't, we don't always agree, but that's, you know, that's the way it is. Part of it. My job isn't to be a tastemaker. I don't give a fuck about that. Like, if I can help you find a fucking movie that you absolutely love and maybe I don't even love, then I'm fucking all about that. Mm-hmm. You know? So, but, uh, yeah. So, are you excited for that, Christina? Sure. <laughs> Well, how have you been? What's going on with you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? We're getting our shots. We had our my you birthday celebration last week, which birthday, was a lot of fun. And then your second shot 
is coming up here. Dude, I was so fucking hungover after that. Oh, after your birthday? I woke up. Well, because we did this Twitch stream, guys, and we drank a bunch of sake with Christina and everybody came by, which was super awesome. Thank you guys for that. That really made my night. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And I enjoyed fun. doing it with you, most importantly, too. Oh, so, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad you like me. Yeah, it's it's enough. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. Happens. We live together, so it's kind of like I have to. Yeah, that's true. You do. <laughs> Or you'd be out on the street. <laughs> but no, but seriously, like, I woke up in the morning and I was like, I feel pretty good, you know? And, like, I had a couple people message me, like, Haley was like, oh, how you feeling there, buddy? And I was like, oh, I'm actually feeling pretty good. And then two hours later, I was like, oh, God, my life is terrible. Why am I making poor choices at this age? <laughs> anyway, being 83 is wonderful. So thank you. you. Look good. God bless America. You look good for your age. Yeah, I know. Pretty good. I can walk. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> uh, but anything else going on for us? You've been watching the Mormon Bachelor. Oh my God, guys! You were up all. He was up all night last night. First of all, yeah, I was. I was. I was up to like six, seven o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it's the most ridiculous goddamn thing I've ever ridiculous. fucking. Uh, the original show's ridiculous, so let's like add that aspect on top. Okay, of it. so so like uh, you guys know what it's like. You'll follow a thread online to something that you've never seen before or someone you've never heard of before, and then you go down their list and like follow that person and watch all their videos, and it makes you laugh. And then you get led somewhere else, and you bump into something else, and it just keeps going. It's like I I call it a YouTube a hole. But it was a combination of Facebook and YouTube on this one. Uh, because I went, somebody liked one of my comments on Facebook. I made some joke or something and someone liked it. And I just, out of curiosity of their name, I was like, oh, who's this? So do I know this person? Mm-hmm. And I went to their profile and they had this guy, this Shane Smith guy who's a comedian. He's got tattoos all over him and he made me laugh. So then I went and watched all his videos and started laughing and watching his and just like found him as a fascinating individual because he's just like this crazy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was watching and doing a reaction to this show called Provo's Most Eligible Bachelor. Which is a Mormon bachelor, uh, YouTube television program. And they do it up legit, like the whole fucking With roses thing. roses and shit. I don't even know why. Dates. Like, I don't even have, I have no fucking idea why I decided to watch this. But he made me laugh about it. And then after like two or three episodes, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of interested. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It's just one of those things. I know. I know what it's like because that's how I feel about Real Housewives. Dude. Like it sucks you in. Dude, I I had to watch all the episodes last night. Because you need to figure out who wins. I was exhausted, but I was like, I gotta know. (laughs) (laughs) And this it's like really awkward stuff, guys. Like it was like but you know, for its for its little like low level, like low drama, low sex, right. low yeah, <laughs> like the the hottest thing on this show is that they this one girl like kissed the guy and it was like <gasps> what a fucking whore, <laughs> fucking whore. Joseph will spit in your face. <laughs> isn't that isn't that the Mormon? The, yeah, Joseph Smith. Joseph, yeah, with the magic glasses. The, I'm know, not making fun of anybody, by the oh, way. Oh no, 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 no. But that's what I Not remember. at all. Not at all. We we are 
Arizona has a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of Mormons here in Arizona. I grew up in the community. But this all takes place in Utah, and they're from everywhere. There was girls that were going to check this guy out from, like, fucking here, from, uh, like, all over Texas and, like, Mm -hmm. everywhere. They're they're everywhere. They're even in Europe. (laughs) It's just crazy. I don't know why, dude. I I know you guys are laughing at me and probably be like, what the fuck? But when you watch it and you cringe and then you laugh and you cringe and then you're like, okay, I've invested so much time into this. I have to know now. (laughs) And you're like rooting for people and shit. Anyway, so I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horseshots! All right, guys, so this week we watched the two movies by the same director, so we figured we'd pick the one, um, the first one, which was The Retreat from 2020, which is essentially a Wendigo movie, and we decided to make a shot based around some of the characters and some of the mishaps and things that happened in the movie, and don't worry, we won't spoil anything in this part, we just have some ingredients for those who have seen the movie who will go, oh, I see what they did there. (laughs) So we're calling this shot a lost trail. And you may be asking, Alex, what the fuck is in a lost trail? What the fuck is in a lost trail, Alex? Well, it's not just a shot, guys. It is a... A tea beverage. No, it's a, it's a, it's a boiler maker. What the hell's a boiler maker? It's kind of like when you do... It's not a bomber. It's, oh. a, it's a boiler. So you pour your shot in the drink. Okay. And then you drink it. So first, you're going to make a <laughs> cup of tea. And it want, you want it to be cold. So, right. so however get- you need to do it, if you want to just get cold tea, get cold tea. Okay, because in the movie, these two characters drink a special tea. I'll leave it at that. Herbal tea. Herbal. Herbal. Yeah. <laughs> Air quotes. <laughs> uh, so anyway, you know, it's more than herbs. That's for sure. It's fungi. Ayahuasca. Is Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Anyway, so you're going to have that. You're going to set that aside. And in a separate shot, okay. you're going to pour three-fourths of a shot of brandy. You're going to add a splash of cherry, which is kind of redundant because brandy is cherry. But then you're also going to add a, a cherry 99, by the way. And then uh-huh. you're going to add a splash of deer blood, which is always like the perfect mix. The Wendigo takes form of a deer head all the time, so it's totally appropriate for this. You put a little bit of Jägermeister in the top. Dang, that's like technical shit. Yeah, it is. Well, that's that's, that's what the whole point of horror shots is. It's not necessarily how good it is. Right, it's a theme shot. It's a theme shot. If you want to be a part of the movie, you come to us. (laughs) All right? We bring you into the movie. So what do you do? We got our shot. We got our shot ready. Okay. And we're going to pour it in our tea. All right. And then we're going to slam the tea. Oh, I'm not going to slam this. Uh, yep. I'm going to swish it around a little bit to mix it up. Oh, you slammed it. Ew, ew. It's better than sipping it. Yeah, I feel like I just drank the ayahuasca tea, which is crazy. Oh, it literally shit. makes me feel like I just was part of that. Are you seeing shit now? No. <laughs> ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. I don't know. See, you know, back in the day, I used to do crazy shit like that. These days, hell no. Mm. My brain is fragile, and I will not go down that hole and not come back. You know? <laughs> right. There are some fucking holes you just do not stick your head in anymore when you get to a certain age. But you know what? I think when when uh, I get old to that point where you're on, like, the cusp of death, <laughs> that's when you just fucking go off. I don't know. You do you really crazy. want your last minutes to be complete fear? 
Because like, would it be though? Yes, because psych- no psychedelics will take your emotions and like thrust it into visuals right, but- and thrust it into body language and everything, and you do not want to be. It's like oh, but you only have a fifty-fifty chance of that happening. I mean, you might as well take the chance. We- Maybe you'll have a heart attack while you're doing it, and then you're you'll <laughs> you'll imagine yourself getting I mean- dragged down to hell. <laughs> Let me just say, I guess if me and Christina know our deaths are imminent, I'm not going to be able to spend my last minutes with the real Christina. She's just going to be shit faced, fucking out of her mind, fucking on fucking some sort of probably ayahuasca. (laughs) Yeah, please. No. (laughs) Anyway, so if you would like to find out how to do a lost trail, all you have to do is go to our longlivethevoid.com website and check out our hashtag horror shots section. Now, that's it for horror shots. All right, guys, so now it's time to jump into our flesh and potatoes of our The Retreat 2020 review and Dawn of the Beast 2021. And we're going to go ahead and do that right now. All right, guys, so The Retreat, as I mentioned, came out in November of 2020. The movie is about Wendigo, which is a mythological creature, evil spirit. So the story is a man finds himself alone and lost after a horrifying encounter with a monster during a backpacking trip into the Adirondack High Peaks. Now he must fight for his life and sanity as he battles the evil Native American legend. The Wendigo. I'm scared. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a relatively untapped fucking thing. I mean, it's been done before. There's other movies. Right, I was going to say, I think I about think, uh, six months ago we watched something uh, else with Wendigo. What's his name? Uh, Harry Fessendek? Fessendek? He did one of those movies called The Wendigo or whatever. I think it was mm-hmm. a trauma film, actually, years oh. ago. And I don't know what Decoys is. That might be something completely different, but... This movie was written and directed by Bruce Wemple, who has also done movies like Altered Hours, Lake Artifact, which was like a sci-fi sort of time mm-hmm. travel, travel mind crazy thing. He also did a movie called Monstrous, which is a big Bigfoot movie. We'll get more into that. And the next movie we're going to be talking about called Dawn of the Beast. Now, Grant Shoemaker is in this movie. He plays Gus. He was in Whelm, Lake Artifact, Monstrous, Dawn of the Beast, apparently one of Bruce's you know, favorite actors to use in this movie. It just seems like they work well together. So mm-hmm. he's in both of these movies that we're going to be talking about, as well as Dylan Grun, who plays Adam. He's not in the next movie, but he did do Rage from 2014, Whelm from 2019, Left Hand from 2018, Lake Artifact, and Monstrous as well. So it also stars Chris Simperman, who plays Ryan, he looks like he's a reenactment actor and he's been in some like true crime shows like Homesite, Homestown and Mysteries at the Museum. He was also in Lake Artifact and he played Jake in Dawn of the Beast. We also have Rick Montgomery Jr. who plays Marty. He was in Strange Girls, Elementary and Education of Death, Altered Hours, Lake Artifact and Monstrous. We also have Ariella Mastriani who was in A Message for James which she also directed, and Dawn of the Beast. This was her first time working with Bruce, by the way. Oh, wow. So, but Christina 
Would love to hear what you thought about this movie before, after, and during. The movie? Yeah. <laughs> well, the scariest, most horrifying part about this movie was the snow. <laughs> it was, it snow disturbs me. And when they're like walking around and it's really? snowing. Really? So this is a real crunching. thing. Yeah, it is. And it's like crunching around. And you know that Frozen movie where mm-hmm. they get stuck? I hate that movie because it's so scary. But anyway, it was okay. Uh, I liked the bones of the plot, if that makes sense. Okay. Like the baseline of... Sure. I felt like it could have been a little bit better. The acting was really good. I did believe the characters. Right. I believed when like Gus was going crazy and stuff like that. Really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, I thought it leaned more to like a psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah, until it with got like a to... dose, like a sprinkling of of like creatures and right and like mythical mythological lore. Right, and and usually in movies, I kind of like it when they teeter on the person's crazy or are they on drugs sure. or is this really happening? But this kind of didn't go there fully, and you, I, I really couldn't understand what really was going on. Especially when it got towards the ending. The ending was extremely confusing and it felt like it had like five different endings. So, and you don't know what was really the ending or what was going on. It was really strange. Yeah, there's not a lot of answers in this one, but right. that is but kind of okay. part of the whole Wendigo the sort of mythos. And the, the shifting of reality. But about the Wendigo, I really wish there was more about the Wendigo, maybe a little bit more of like the origins. Or there was, like, different creatures, but it, there wasn't much explaining in that aspect. It it, mm. it it mostly focused on the emotional baggage or whatever of the what the humans were going through. And, yeah, I didn't quite like it. It, it just that. probably just didn't go where you were expecting it. Well, it didn't. You were thinking it was more of a creature <laughs> movie really than it was going to be. Well, yeah. Than more of a head and trip. I mean, the creatures were cool. They were okay, but they were kind of stiff. They kind of, right. when they moved, it was just kind of stiff. Even though they you know? were scrambling around on all fours. Yeah, yeah, but they weren't really, like, um, active. They weren't really, like, uh, mobile. You know what I mean? Like, they were just moving. Yeah. They weren't just, it would have been cool if, if they got some, like, I don't know, shapeshifter, shapeshifting type of thing. But who knows? Right. It could have been money or well, I originally whatever. thought this was a Skinwalker movie. I don't know why I got that in my head. I, I don't know if it was in a trailer or something about Skinwalkers, but for whatever reason, right. I thought it was and Skinwalkers you, for both of these. You got, well, you know what? Because I think the Wendigo is like a Northeastern uh, Native American um, mythology thing, and Skinwalkers are Southwest. But I'm pretty sure it's like kind of the same thing. Like they kind of do the same thing. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not like a hundred percent. I'm just like from what I've seen and heard. But anyway, yeah, this movie was okay. I gave it a four. Four. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty like, low. Well, I don't know if I felt the same way as you did. So this one was okay. actually, I felt, had some really pretty decent acting in it. So that automatically is an average movie, better than average. Right. If 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 I can, if it's noticeable and I have to like think about the acting all the time, it's that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's distracting. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, budgets are you know a big factor in that. You know, finding the right people, having the right cast. It's sometimes just a gamble. You just never know what you're going to get. 
But I think that they, because it was a smaller cast in this one, I think they did, the actors did a really good job in this. Mm -hmm, Definitely. It was very personal and it was very, I think it was done perfectly well and I had no issues with it. This is a super heady movie though that is quite the psychological sort of thriller horror about the Wendigo, which I kind of like the mix that they've got going on here because it's mysterious. And I don't really know a whole lot about the Wendigo, but it's not been done that much. So it's kind of nice to see another take on it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, more recent anyway, at least, you know. But this one relies a lot on some seriously trippy scenes and atmosphere, which I'm really into these types of indie films where they it's a mind fuck. And you just don't know what is going on, you know? And I think a lot of that started from like David Lynch and David Cronenberg and, and then just my, I don't know, mind expansion feelings that I get from those movies where people are losing their minds. Mm-hmm. Like I like the movies like The Signal where right. everybody's like, you know, going crazy. I thought that was like a great representation of losing their minds. Although this one's a little bit more visually stylish in some regards. And they do some things in this that are pretty cool techniques, I think, overall for the movie, especially on an indie budget, which is nice. And you'll definitely be bouncing around a lot, <laughs> wondering what is real or what is not real, which is something I, I really do like in films. So I didn't mind that. It may, really? Yeah, but it does at times become a little too much. It does bounce around quite a bit. Yeah. And so I could see how that would bother some people because I know that my particular taste in seeing people lose their minds, I love shit like that. Right. I can get into that, but not everybody can. Right. Because everybody has their own definition of what crazy is. Like, I watched the movie Color Out of Space, and I see that as a bunch of people descending into madness. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are like, why are they acting so weird? (laughs) Like, they're taking it too literal or something? Like, I I don't know what... Right. It's weird. So, I'm just realizing now that my particular taste can be different than other people's. Right, right. um, But I appreciate that it's in here. And that's sort of the point. There's some creature effects that are lurking in the woods, which I thought was cool. That initially drove me to want to watch this because the creature effects look pretty cool. They look creepy. They look weird. Mm -hmm. And if I saw something like that running in the woods, it would freak me the fuck out. Okay. Uh, so that was like, okay, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, but it's not just a creature film, you know, it's got like this three point kind of attack. Oh, actually a four point attack because you got creatures, Wendigo, human, and then the elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, snow. Whatever. Yeah. It's a, it's just got this whole sort of thing. And I think that's kind of like the signature thing of Bruce is that he likes to add a lot of different elements into a movie instead of it just being like two. Right. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Just like the simple plot about this creature. Right. Which, you know, I still like movies that just do the creature thing. It can be done well, especially if the characters are really engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen, you know, Bruce's two films now, and I can totally see influence in his style a little bit, whether he intends it to be or not. <laughs> uh, but I definitely have, there was a scene in this movie that is totally reminds me of Army of Darkness. Oh, yeah, totally. Or no, Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead, Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2, you know, where Ash is like, we just chopped up our girlfriend. Does that sound fine? <laughs> um, Totally reminds me of that. Even in the other movie, we'll talk about that more in the spoiler sections, but um, not like the straight up vibe of Evil Dead, by the way, or the style or anything like that. It's just noticeable. 
You can just tell that there is some influence here. Like, I get the fact that Bruce is like, there's three things Bruce likes. Okay. Uh, weird atmospheric things in the woods, the woods itself <laughs> and creatures. <laughs> and, uh, that's what I found in the, at least these two movies. I think it's a, it's a pretty noble attempt though at someone losing their mind mixed with some decent atmosphere, the style. It goes for a lot in a short amount of time. Right. And I think that he, he utilizes that space and that time frame well. But, you know, there, it did go in places I wasn't expecting, which isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I think I just had hopes for a little bit more creature or, you know, monster or something. I think that's where my mind. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't, it was kind of like a, a disappointing surprise rather than a, a positive one in some regards. Mm-hmm. But I still appreciate what they did. And what they did with it, you know, the story's good enough that it keeps you interested the whole time while you're watching because it's like, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. And it does scare you because I think about that. Like, how would you play it? How would you play this person sinking in and out like that? Right. And I think the main guy does a really good job. He does. He really does. Like, do a this job. is a really good performance by him in this one. Mm-hmm. You know, the next movie, I'm like, Ugh. yeah, but for a thriller horror that messes with the characters and my head i think it did a decent job it's the end that i probably have the most problems with Mm -hmm. i felt like it was too abrupt and not well done right like they could have done put a little more effort into it put a little more sound effects into it uh just made the scene look a little bit better maybe have flashes and his you know things like that i just can't it's hard to explain without spoiling it right but i just it makes sense, so I don't hate it, but it was just not well performed at that moment. Mm-hmm. It really took the it took the whole movie back a step, and I think that's going to bother a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to bother them more than seeing the whole of the film. Like you know, like some people they they'll watch a whole movie, they enjoy it all the way up until they don't like the end, and then they're like, "That's a bad movie because the end is flawed," which I think is unfair. Mm-hmm. So I gave this movie a six mm-hmm. out of 10. I think that it is above average in a lot of things. I think this is probably the better of the two movies that we watched. Right. I really like this one over that and the next one. Um, but I guess it's just up to particular taste. You know, I, right. I, don't, I don't mind a slow bind, slow burn, psychological fucking creepy horror. I like all the elements that are in it. It just it did its own thing. So to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing his other movies like the yeah. ones before this. Too. Oh, the one I, mean, I want to see the time travel. Yeah, one. The, the artifact one. Lake. Yeah, yeah. like artifacts. And I wouldn't mind seeing the monstrous one either, because I'm wondering if it does kind of there's similarities between that and these. Right. You know, Yeah, I'd be curious. I definitely am not. I don't I like I, I like his style right. a little bit more. He's I think this filmmaker. is just a more well thought out one mm-hmm. than the next one. Mm hmm. And I'm sorry to compare, but it's just, it's just, yeah, I, you can't help it. It really changed my expectations with the next movie. It mm-hmm. really, this movie had such an impact on me that it made me anticipate what I was going to expect with the next movie, which is completely different. It feels right. completely different. Mm-hmm. So, so you gave it a four. I gave it a six. So we're giving it a five average. I feel like it deserves more than that. Sorry. Well, not going to be for everybody, but I still think if you like slow burns, you might want to give it a try, give it a chance, look at it through the eye of an independent film lens and and see some of the good stuff that I saw in it and give it a chance because you might like it more than we did. Mm-hmm. So, 
But we do have a little bit of trivia. I did a uh, little digging. Oh. Um, I actually listened to um, the Horror Frequency podcast that he was on. And mm-hmm. if you guys want to check them out and uh, listen to the full thing, I just pulled a few snippets, a little few things that they had talked about in the. And I also have some information about the Wendigo that uh, I can teach you guys a little bit about the myths and the lore about this Native American, North American, South, you know, like mm-hmm. this tale. <laughs> so if you don't want anything spoiled, here's your warning. So the Wendigo is a mythological creature or evil spirit, rather, which originates from the folklore of the First Nations based in and around the East Coast forests of Canada, the Great Plains region of the United States and the Great Lakes region of the United States and Canada that we both share. Grouped into a sort of modern ethnology as speakers of the Algonquin family languages, the Wendigo is often said to be a malevolent spirit. And I believe the Algonquin is, I remember that because I, I think, wasn't it in fucking, uh, Wayne's World where they talk about Algonquins and shit? Oh, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure because I, I don't know how I knew that word. <laughs> But anyway, the Wendigo is often said to be a malevolent spirit, sometimes depicted as a creature with a human-like characteristics, which possesses human beings. And the Wendigo is known to invoke feelings of insatiable greed, hunger, the desire to cannibalize other humans, as well as propensity to commit murder and those that fall under its influence. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, in the next movie, I've got a few gripes, and I'll explain <laughs> that in the in that next in the trivia for that. Mm-hmm. In modern psychiatry, the Wendigo lends its name to the form of psychosis known as Wendigo psychosis. Oh, which I thought was really interesting. That is interesting. It's characterized by symptoms such as intense craving for human flesh, an intense fear of becoming a cannibal. Wendigo psychosis is described as the culture-bound syndrome in some First Nations communities. Other symptoms such as insatiable greed and destruction of the environment are thought to be symptoms of the Wendigo psychosis, as well as some cases of the psychosis that can be cured by the ingestion of fatty meats. So okay. there's some like, you know, mm-hmm. real shit to this. On the frequency, on, on the horror frequency podcast, I got to listen to Bruce talk about his movie a little bit back in November. If you guys want to check it out, I'll put a link down below. Bruce Wemple said that he's always been in big interest in the Wendigo, mm-hmm. but not just as a creative sort of creature feature kind of way, but also as a like center, sort of underlying evil spirit. Because a lot of people just look at the creature aspect of, you know, the Wendigo, mm-hmm. especially in older movies. Right. Um, but he, he likes a little bit of both. And he really likes movies where people are losing their fucking minds, like myself. So mm-hmm. that's probably why I like it. Also, Bruce is like a big hiker and a backpacker. So he's like had it in his family for like ever. So he likes, oh. this is why. Right. He's got like three, four movies out in the middle of the fucking woods. And he probably gets the ideas when he's hiking and probably, stuff. Probably, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I probably would too, which is kind of unsettling if you think about it, because if that's what you're thinking about the whole time, you know, it's like going to sleep oh, is probably not so easy. Huh? I got some stories, but we'll <laughs> save that for another time about hiking and stuff. Yeah. And coming up with stuff. Well, and plus, like you mentioned, they shot this in the snow. Yeah, fuck the snow. So while he's probably pretty used to being in the cold weather... 
mm-hmm. and like knows how to hike in it. He said that they they actually do do hikes where they hike at night mm-hmm. so that they can be at the peak. Right. At, at dawn, sun, at, at sunset. sunset. Yeah. yeah. Or sunrise. Sunrise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that they could do it. I, I didn't right. know that was a real thing. Oh, yeah. Even in Phoenix here, uh, like Camelback Mountain, people will hike it to, to go see the sunrise. Well, like, I remember time. I took a hiking class in college mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we did we were hiking at night because mm-hmm. we drove there and then we had to go find our spots in the middle of the night. Right. Right. So we had a hike. Right. And uh, yeah, I got to. <laughs> That's why you have a headlight. Thing, no, that's not know? why I had the headlight thing. That's from some other thing. Oh no, that was my headlight. I'm just saying that's why you carry a headlight with you when oh. you're when you're hiking, right. in case you get stuck in the dark. Also, um, the creature effects were made by a company called Immortal Mask, and they made the creature suits and the Wendigo itself. Like, not all the Wendigo shots are are the suit. You know what I mean? Right, right. With the deer head and all that other stuff. Like, right. some of that is done after in effects. Mm-hmm. And they just add the, like, eyes glowing in the Obviously, woods. Obviously, yeah. Which was, like, a big thing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, is, cool. is, I think is effective, but I think it could have... I don't know if it needed more, like, music stingers for that or... Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Some of the music in this was pretty decent. I think yeah. it worked with it, too. I, I think so, too. It gave it the atmosphere. But they actually, for the people that were wearing the blue, like, I call them blue boys. <laughs> They're the possessed Wendigo uh, mm-hmm. people. Uh, they had to be siliconed up, so they were in that suit <laughs> for good, and they were drinking uh-huh. out of a straw for the oh. rest of the... However many hours, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so that was like a very dedicated situation. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they were gonna have um, one of the other guys do who who was in the monstrous movie who played the 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 Bigfoot mm-hmm. do the Blue Boys, mm-hmm. but he was too thin and too small, so they had to ask some other guy on the spot to do it, and he oh. was like, "I'll do it. <laughs> I don't want to do it." Right. Because you got to be locked in that fucker for a long, yeah, a fucking long time. time. So, but that's that's pretty much it for the trivia as far as I've got. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're just, we're not going to go into every single scene in this movie like we normally do. We write it all down just for our own sake so that if we need to go and look back at it. But I think it's more important to kind of like talk about the things that they did right or wrong in this movie that we enjoyed or did not enjoy. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything up front that, that might have been a good thing that you enjoyed um, that you saw in this movie that was a really good. They did a good job of uh, effective job of. Well, I think the first night when they they saw the Wendigos, when they saw the glowing eyes, mm-hmm. the atmosphere and all that stuff was really creepy. And then it escalated really creepy. And it was going after them and all this shit was happening. I thought that was really good. Yeah, that was shot really well, too. I think it's really surprising um, the acting of Grant Schumacher. Mm -hmm. Schumacher, is that his name? Mm -hmm. In this movie compared to the next. It's just, it's like night and day. One seems cartoonish. One seems like legit, like, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, in the other movie, I think with that character, it was supposed to be like that. He was supposed to be like a rednecky kind of character. Yeah, but that was the thing, and it just didn't. Well, we'll get. It. I don't yeah, want to we'll go it. too much. We'll, yeah, we'll. I get keep into bringing that it up way. because yeah. I want to yeah, talk you about do. it. <laughs> um, but he did. He was really good in this. Yeah, I really it, believed that he was like high on tea. Right, and so for those of you who are listening past this, who haven't seen the movie and they just listen anyway, you should check this one out. If you've seen The Dawn of the Beast, which I think more people are going to see Dawn of the Beast than this one, mm-hmm. for some reason. Because it just came out? 
Yeah, but I, I think it got more exposure, and it was at the mm-hmm. end of the year. Uh, the retreat mm. was at the end of the year, so it's kind of up in the air whether people see it or not. Right. You know, it's the holidays, and it's just it's a it's a messy time. Mm-hmm. So maybe, hopefully, uh, people will watch this and see what I'm talking about in the acting and the difference of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, did you believe that the 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 like friendship between the two guys between yeah. Gus and uh, Adam? Adam? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did believe the friendship because I've kind of feels been, like yeah. I've been in friendships like that. Before. Well, we were comparing it, <laughs> so we we were comparing it to our own personal friends. Yeah, we were. <laughs> I won't say who ah. with relationships and stuff like yeah. you know that whole thing. It was good. I liked it. I thought it was a really dynamic kind of way to like really express that because you know there's always like you always have those like best friends and like you're so close and you connect on this level and then one day they just right. They, well, you know, you kind of move. They Meet some stupid your bitch. Life. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, that's you. You know, your life changes and you go, it happens. I don't like feel like forever. my life really changed because I was with you, though. I feel like my life changed because I just didn't feel like putting on a persona anymore. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? When you're kind of single sometimes, I think you have to kind of put on this like mask. Well, I don't want to say mask. It's no. just you just got to kind of peacock yourself a little bit more. Right. Because you're always on the lookout for Yeah, for a pussy. Or or just a relationship, <laughs> you know, it depends on who you are, but Anyway. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously a failed sort of friend. He's like the friend that, you know, there's always like the relationship between the friends, like one is more successful than the other. Right. But you still have that bond. And regardless of how successful the other one is, it doesn't matter. You love each other the same. So seeing them, I thought it was a pretty really mm-hmm. interesting dynamic. I thought that actually worked Mm -hmm. where I have seen that in other movies before. It was a little like, oh, God, because like when we find out what happens, that he actually killed his best friend or so we think. Actually, we don't even really know. We don't know. So I'm talking about. Yeah. Like it. it, I thought this was interesting how the Wendigo made him go crazy. Mm -hmm. And that's something also where I think it has a flaw in itself as well, too, because. I think that the movie could have been a little bit more knowledgeable about the lore mm-hmm. or at least expressing it to the viewer. Right. So that we could have really kind of grasped it. And I think you could have done it more poignantly. Mm-hmm. So it could have all been embraced in that 88 minute film that this is and still not salvaged any of the parts really. Right. It was leading you down this path where you thought he killed his his best friend because he was high or whatever. And then all of a sudden... It changes and he he goes into like a different reality, which they did mention alternate realities a couple times. But yeah, it just wasn't like prevalent. It really didn't push it like push like, it real good. Right. <laughs> right. No, but yeah, I, I think I think it could have done a little bit better there. I think if it would have explained a little bit more about the Wendigo and like they did kind of have that little info drop with the fucking Airbnb guy who owned the place. And he was like, my wife believed in all these weird things, but you know, she just had particular interests and that was it. And right. then and really, I didn't even really get to know much more about the Wendigo until I watched the next movie, right. which is even more weird because it's like half of it is in this movie and the other half is in the other movie because they never really explain what the blue boys are here. They kind of do. Mm-hmm. They say that they're a, a figment of their own torment and their own resentments and stuff like that or something like that. I don't know. And just, but it just kind of washed over it. And I feel like it, it could have. The lore could have been used a, a little bit more effectively here to help kind of make the mood and the atmosphere even stronger. Mm-hmm. Really, 
Mm-hmm. You know, by showing other people who've been victimized by it in the beginning of the movie or showing it lurking around in the woods or something right, like or that. Or even that the that Airbnb bread breakfast guy's wife, like showing. Maybe having some him waking in up beginning. in the middle of the night from a sweat and something's happening weird to the man. You know, that right. kind of adds like a sort of a, a more atmosphere that something a little bit more disturbing is going on, on in, this in area. the area. Yeah, in yeah. the area. In the area. Right. That yeah. gives it that sort of Evil Dead feel because right. that's what I always talk about when I say the, the new Evil Dead reboot. However, many people think is, is amazing or surpasses the original where I think it misses the mark is the atmosphere mm-hmm. of there's a lot of shit outside, and if I go outside, it's even worse. Right. And that's where this, this I feel it could have been a little bit more effective. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Other than that, all the, like, like flashing in between and the edits and stuff between the, like, therapist and, like, him out in the middle of the woods and then him re-kindling re, uh, his friendship after coming to terms with killing his friend and, like, all this other stuff was pretty interesting. I thought they did a pretty good job of editing it together. Yeah, yeah, it moved the story along. But it, again, like we just It became it was, too much. It was too much and it was confusing. It was it was it was it was happening a little too rapid. Right. I, I, I just mean by a little bit. Like it just Right. And especially cuz it was so slow. It was a little bit slow in the first 45 minutes and then like right. bam bam and then flashbacks. Bam well, bam bam. I think, oh wait, no, we're not going there. He's not dead. Bam bam bam. Yeah, but he was probably trying to do like this sort of like, you know, arc where it's building and building and building and building. Kind of like how Color Out of Space did, you know. Where it's right. like the soundtrack even builds and builds over the time of the movie. So I think that was what he was trying to do, but it just kind of came out as like, too ah, much. there's too much yeah, going on. It like, came out as too much, yeah. unfortunately. Which is weird to say because I like too much. Yeah, I know what you but mean. But it just didn't, I don't know, something just didn't work right here. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the snow. Maybe they shouldn't have done this in the snow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Because snow is evil. It's interesting, though. It's kind of interesting to see this, like, sort of story in the woods with the Wendigo. And I think it's pretty interesting to kind of describe what it's like to be going crazy in someone's mind. That's always, like, a tricky thing to do. Like, how is it? Like, what would it be like? Would it be a dream? Would it be just another perspective? Would it be an alternate reality that this guy made up, like his doctor said? Right. Oh, I think this is just you creating a fictional world where your friend exists and you didn't kill him and eat him. (laughs) Which I thought was great. There was that scene, and this is what I want to talk about for the Evil Dead thing. Another nod and talk about the Evil Dead thing is they had that scene where he's talking in the mirror. Oh, yeah. To himself. Mm-hmm. And that's totally, totally fucking Evil Dead too. Right. Does that sound fine to you? <laughs> and it was like him talking to himself. And like, you can tell he really, really, really likes... Evil Dead. Oh a little yeah, bit, you know? even in the next movie, more there, so. Yeah, yeah. there's way more. But I got it in here too, just a touch of it. Right, right. So it's like I wonder what if Bruce is more a, like a comedy guy, or is he more into like the you know? Mm-hmm. So he's probably like the one in between. So he's kind of like testing. Teet- he's teetering. Yeah, he's like testing it out with these movies. Like, should I go this far or no? <laughs> should I not go this far? And maybe he'll figure out that happy balance in between at some point. Right. If he hasn't already, I don't know. So one thing we got to talk about is the very end of the movie of The Retreat before we go on to the next movie. Okay. What did or did you not like about it? The ending? Yeah. He turned, remember his eyes turned white and he turned into a blue boy. Like you find out like he's, he's like at Christmas party with, 
his buddy right. and the and his wife and everything's okay everything and he goes into the bathroom and he coughs and up he starts, blood yeah, he and starts, he starts laughing right and then all of a sudden his eyes are white and he he's like changing into a blue boy yeah i don't get it i thought that was too abrupt Right. And lazy a right. little bit. You know, no offense. Oh, it needed to be more. There needed like to be more. What, of us knowing what happened at the end. Like something flashing, more punching, thrashing around in the room. And then he ends up in the forest again. Yeah, like something. Well, maybe it did have to end like that because. It just the, seemed like the, the audio design much. there was not. There should have been more folly work. Like, oh, like, okay. like not folly, but like. Just sound design there that made it mm. growls and stuff like that. You know mm. what I mean? We do have another movie, of course, that we're going to be talking about. Of course, it's going to be spoiler free. We're going to be talking about Bruce's next movie, which is Dawn of the Beast from 2021. Christina, you want to do the honors on this one? Of course I do. A group of graduate students get more than they bargain for while searching for the legendary Bigfoot. Not only is he real. Oh, my God. But there's something far more evil lurking in the shadows. The Wendigo. The Wendigo. Tagline, the legends are real and they kill. <laughs> <laughs> of course, directed by Bruce Wemple. 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 But it, this one was written by Anna Shields, and she also plays Lily in this movie. Mm -hmm. She also wrote and starred in Monstrous. Oh, okay. She has also been in um, Altered Hours, The Executioners from 2018. I and think I like, saw that. Yeah, Is I that was a Bruce say. McDonald Canadian film? I think so. Yeah, because uh, I think it was also written by uh, one of my favorite from Pontypool, because Bruce McDonald did oh, Pontypool, yeah. and then mm -hmm. uh, 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 Anthony Burgess mm -hmm. did some of the writing, I think, in the Executioners. But anyway. Oh, okay. Okay, so other actors who are in this and not in The Retreat include Francesca Anderson, who plays Marie. Uh, she was in Whelm from 2019, Grip from 2020, and a ton of short movies. Shorts. She was in a ton of shorts. Adrian Burke, who plays Chris. He was in Bait and Lake Artifacts. Willard Morgan, who plays Dennis the Professor. He was in a movie called Baby from 2007, Fashionables from 2018, and Shabab. Shabab, Shabab. It's just Shabab from <laughs> yeah. 2015. And Alex, Mr. Alex, what did you think of Dawn of the Beast? Dawn of the Beast. Bigfoot versus the Wendigo. <laughs> so after seeing the retreat, we realized very quickly that this was the exact director <laughs> as, as the retreat. So that's when we realized right at that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, only that this movie he didn't write. So I was like kind of curious as to whether or not I would like this more or not, because I actually kind of liked the, the last one. Mm -hmm. This one I had a tough time with though. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's just one of those things, you know, I like that it adds a lot of different topics into one big movie, even if it borrows from some of its previous movie you know, like props from it or whatever. I don't really have any issues with that. I just did not like the acting in this one as much. And I wasn't too keen on all the, the writing in it, unfortunately, too. Mm -hmm. Like the pacing, the atmosphere are completely gone in this one. And it's kind of replaced with this sort of humorous approach, but not really. Because as a viewer, I was a little conflicted on whether or not it was trying to be funny or not. And it wasn't until very end of the movie that I even kind of got the whole thing, which is not a good thing, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think, as a viewer watching a movie. You know, did it take its time like The Retreat did? No. 
Was it a different tone? Yes. All the questions that I'm thinking of in my head. Plus, this movie suffers a bit from, in my opinion, putting too much in a movie, like I said, with the last one. Mm-hmm. Only this one doesn't really c- cover its steps. It's it's it, uh-huh. it almost feels like this one was done in a rush. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it wasn't as sat on as long as the retreat was. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You know? Like, maybe, maybe it was like, hey, let's just chalk something together real quick. And I don't mean to sound disrespectful by saying that. The fact that you can make three movies out of two is fucking phenomenal. Oh, yeah, totally. I love that. Yeah. I um, think it's interesting. I think it's great. I mean, that's not, it's not like other many directors that we love haven't done that. Right. I mean, like, fucking, Jesus Christ, you got fucking Roger Corman who did it all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they use the same sets, the same fucking creatures, the same outfits, the same everything. They just pretty much change the angles and things like that. <laughs> Which, you know, the fact that this movie had so much going on and it isn't always necessarily a bad thing. I actually applaud it for, for it because at the very least it tried to do something that hadn't been done before and make it a big movie instead of just flop out this fucking limp, impotent cock. <laughs> of a film like but you know to balance all of these things i think really is not easy for a director to do mm-hmm. and i think if it would have had a little bit more time to kind of iron out it could have been a better movie mm-hmm. that makes sense which you know i can explain lightly spoilerifically for you i mean you already know that monstrous was a movie that we told you about that was about bigfoot the retreat about the windigo and this movie is the two against each mm-hmm. other and some other elements thrown in that I won't spoil for you. But, you know, I think it's good to know that going into this movie because this movie kind of reminds me more of like some of those more schlocky versus movies without the like hard nose, obvious humor. Right. Which is kind of part awesome and kind of schlocky in the same regard. The tone of the film is much, much more tongue in cheek mm-hmm. by the third act by the end of the movie especially whereas the retreat is much more serious slow burning horror you know plus this one has acting that was uh, like i mentioned is a little bit of a tough pill for me to swallow which makes watching a movie a little bit tougher when you're not so into it uh the movie takes a long time to get to the part where i was actually interested in my suspension of disbelief in the dialogue and in the situations that these characters were in mm-hmm. i was kind of like eh was it really all that worth i was getting a little mad oh really no i wouldn't say mad i was just frustrated frustrated right right. some of the characters in this are okay but some are really not good at all in my opinion a lot of the moments didn't really fly either for me as well it was almost as if it was intentionally trying to be funny but also taking itself way too serious Mm -hmm. i have seen directors pull it off Mm-hmm. The new movie that I just watched, Making Monsters, pulls off serious and funny at the same time. And it's a really hard, it's a fucking huge balance. It's, 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 you almost have to be almost flawless about it. Mm-hmm. So it's not easy. Right. But, you know, kudos for trying at least. It just it was a little confusing for me as a viewer. Mm-hmm. It took so long for me to become interested. Like I said, it, it was like, wasn't even until like 10 minutes into the third act. Wow. That I was like, okay, now I'm on board. <laughs> They kick on some fucking techno music or some dark synth or whatever. And some like EBM. Yeah, some fucking shit to like amp it up a little bit. And I was like, okay, this is ridiculous now, but I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. There's some cool performances in it with some, you know, the same creatures that we saw in the retreat, which is might be a bother for some people. I don't think it is. I think it's fine because we're dealing with the same literal same Wendigo. 
in the same fucking area with the same fucking sort of skills. The problem is, how are you going to have Bigfoot fight this mental creature? Right. Is it too stupid to be fucked with? Because I would think <laughs> that, you know, they could just fuck with, like, big old Bigfoot pretty quick. Right. I've seen Harry and the Hendersons. Right. Like, he's a lower thinking individual. No offense to him. You know what I mean? Like, he's survived a long time. Right. But his whole family's dead. He's the only one left. Right. <laughs> right. He's fucked up somewhere along the line. Kidding. So he obviously is a product of inbreeding. <laughs> Human inbreeding, I guess. <laughs> Human inbreeding with bears. But that third act is kind of fun. You know, it, it was a relief at, at the very least. Plus, you know, as I mentioned, there's a lot going on in here. Things I love and things that I wasn't too goo-goo about. And, and odds are many others will experience that feeling too. But I think those going into this movie with the expectations of it being a little bit more on the schlocky versus type movie side, mm-hmm. you know, where they've done like zombies versus ninjas, you know, it's got a little bit more class to it than those movies. But I think if you are okay with those style of movies, You'll be great with this, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't offer as much schlock as those other ones, because this has a little more class. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That makes sense. This is the one that actually has the the really heavy nods towards Evil Dead in here. You know, I think it was a it was a fun addition in a lot of really good ways, especially in the last ten minutes. It becomes like insanely obvious that this director you know, likes Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. And it just, there's like scenes that are almost kind of exact, but not. Mm -hmm. Uh, They just have that vibe about them. So that that's a good thing, I think. And I can definitely appreciate this movie for what it is. And I think if you keep your expectations a little bit lower, you'll come out with a positive experience in the end. It is definitely a step down from the retreat, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. by at least a point or two and that could be a, a good or bad thing depending on where you landed with that movie so you know if you didn't like that movie you may not like this movie at all or you may love it i don't i don't know i feel like it could have been better a little bit more poignant more fully realized to make the first half of this movie pop to make it interesting i wish i could compare it to the monstrous film before it but i haven't seen it to do that so mm-hmm. Um, but as as it stands now, this is probably a 4.5 out of 10 mm-hmm. for me and on a movie scale. I have heard uh, Jason from Sinister Cinema Reviews. He was like kind of raving about it. And I was like kind of looking forward to it, you know. But mm-hmm. I think watching The Retreat first and then this, it was a weird dichotomy. Yeah, it really was. I, I agree with you there. Yeah. I don't know. It's something about it just kind of. I think if we saw them separately or not. It didn't even know that there were the same people. Yeah. It would have been different. It would have been completely different. My expectations might have been a little lower Mm -hmm. or higher. I don't know. Like, whatever. But ultimately, I don't think it necessarily relies solely on the fact that I watched the retreat. It just, it just was just that extra little bit. Mm -hmm. So, makes sense. What about you? Yeah, pretty much the same. It was a, it was really slow in the beginning. I didn't enjoy the dialogue. It wasn't natural. Yeah, it felt a little. Yeah. Especially off. the nerdy guy. Like, he just, like, mm-hmm. how is he in this relationship with this girl that never wants to be around him? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Well, it doesn't it make any sense. And I know that they were trying to sort of give him the the, uh, the anti-hero well, shoes. Right. You know? Right. But, yeah, it didn't really pan out. And, honestly, I didn't even believe him as, like, a nerdy guy. Okay. Like, well, that's fair. Like, that didn't 
he didn't portray that. that I thought he did me. a good. I thought he did a pretty decent job of that. I don't know. Maybe he overdid it in my head. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, I did like. I like the visuals in this movie better. Like I liked how when he found the book. And the book was called Forest Unseen. I really like the look of the book. I mean, you could tell they put a lot of time, sure. like on all those kind of visuals. It 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 did give like a the whole movie as a whole gave a really creepy vibe. Like the music was really loud and creepy, and I like that. Okay. Didn't wasn't this movie the one that we were having trouble hearing the most? Yeah, like the speaking it, parts are quieter than the right than the both, both the than the music like and that. shit. Yeah, but with the louder the loudness of the the actual background music, it did give a creepy well, I know that, vibe. I know they have to do the compression and the fucking side chaining and everything like that, but it just fucking felt so like like we had to turn it made the our, volume. It up. made our system not sound well. I don't like that. I don't like it when that happens. Yeah, we because that a lot of time bothers that. the crap out of me. And then I blame you. Yeah, because the, the music because, goes too loud. Yeah, and then I'm like, you have it up too loud. You and need I'm to like, turn it down. It's baby, like, I didn't fucking edit this movie. Because, you know, Alex can't hear. Like, literally, Alex cannot hear. Oh, shut hear. the hell up. Anyway. <laughs> you know what I can hear? You being an asshole right now. <laughs> <You> bitch. <laughs> um, so, the Bigfoot, I have problems with. He was, like, barely in the movie. Even when the actual versus scene, it, was, it, it wasn't even that long. Yeah, that's a like, good point. Like, it wasn't, like, He even, was in it, yeah, like, a very few yeah, times. The, and he was in the whole movie a few times. Right. It like, felt like he was like Godzilla. <laughs> kind of, okay, you know, the look the look of the Bigfoot reminded me of in Bram Stoker's Dracula when Gary uh, Oldman was the beast. Yeah. Like, it felt the, like the exact same thing. Well, I'm sure it's the same one they used in the Monstrous movie. Probably because I was looking at the cover of Monstrous, yeah, and it it looked it looked similar. We had so many and Bigfoot movies there for a while, and this is the first one that I've actually been like, oh, I really want to see this because <laughs> I knew it was a versus movie, and uh -huh. I was like expecting so much more from it. Right. Like I wish half of this movie would have been more about fighting. Right. Me too. I wish Bigfoot was like stalking them. Yeah. Like when when they were they were going around hiking and stuff. I wish they would have shown more of like Bigfoot like watching them. Well, there's and, like, and then there's like Bigfoot them. doubters who think that Bigfoot's this evil entity, and there's like a, there's a guy that thinks that Bigfoot's a good guy. He's the Godzilla right. fan, you know. Right. And and like he's he's the little girl to Godzilla or whatever. You right. know what I mean? Right. Or fucking uh, in the new movie. Um, King Kong oh. or the little girl. Anyway, I don't know. I didn't see. I didn't get to so, see that. But I just, I just, some of the characters there were were not. It just, yeah, it didn't no, fill in the gaps yeah, real well. And uh, yeah, I didn't. All the characters, it didn't mesh well. It just didn't mesh well with me. Right. Like, well, what are some positive things sense. though? Well, that's what I said. I liked, I liked the visuals and that kind of stuff. But I gave it a four out of ten too. Really? You know, so yeah. you liked this one just as much as the other one? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's. Yeah, Doesn't make sense to same. me. Makes sense to me. All right. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same. I've but heard again, I'd watch, I would watch, and I think the Wendigo, like, they use the same Wendigos with the glowing eyes and everything. Sure. So I'm sure watching these. Yeah, it felt like a sequel, but it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. And I'm sure it's, that threw it, me it's off It's definitely a not a direct sequel, but if you want, yeah. guys, and you're going to want to go down this, you know, rabbit hole, watch Monstrous. Right. Then watch, watch The Retreat. Retreat. 
and then and watch this it. one. It's the perfect trilogy. I want to watch Monstrous. I do. Yeah. I want to see. I want to see. Honestly, just from what I've heard from like Jason from Sinister Cinema, he really liked it. There's a few people that have written me beforehand mm-hmm. that said that they liked it a little bit more. But, you know, we all have different tastes, right? You know, right, so exactly. I, I, I can only tell you what I think of it. It doesn't mean that I'm right or wrong. It just means that that's my particular taste. Just like you guys might like, you know, right. rummaging through a garbage bin. And I like to eat real food. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just being totally funny. <laughs> I'm totally kidding, guys. No, I'm just saying that, you know, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong. There is no right or wrong. There is no definitive answer for any movie. It can always be different. So hopefully we've given you guys enough ammo and information to make that decision for yourself, whether you want to see it or not. The Retreat is up. You can watch that for free on Prime. So if that wets your beak and you want to check this one out, maybe then do that. Right. Um, but this one you have to do rent. I think it's up for, um, rent right now. I forget how go. much we paid for it now that I think of it, but I, I think it was like seven. Is it seven dollars? Seven or so nine. So that may be a know. high steep price for some people to pay, but if you got the money and you want to spend it, support independent films. Right. Do it. Do it. Um, but I don't think I, I can understand why someone might want to wait. Right. Until it hits the streaming service or right. something like that. I would totally understand that and I would support it. Mm hmm. So we don't have any trivia really about this movie other than just uh, our opinions and thoughts of what we thought went right or wrong in this movie. We'll probably talk about a few scenes and things like that and what maybe we think could have made it better or worse or, you know, maybe we're we're missing something. So we'll talk about that now. If you don't want anything spoiled for this movie, you can always check the, the timestamps down below for any of our discussions. We have the end of the podcast talk where we talk about what movies we're going to be doing next week. So stick around for that and check that out. But here's your warning. Okay, so up front, first up, what do you think? What were your first thoughts when we first started watching this movie? Slow. Yeah. Not enough, not enough creatures. Not enough going on. They were trying to build up. Well, they did, they they did have a healthy to. story in the beginning with the role Grant Schumacher played with his wife, mm-hmm. where they were like, they stole some jewel or something that was around oh, his neck. Yeah. I didn't really know what yeah, was but, going on with that, the whole jewel, the whole movie. They didn't explain the necklace thing. It ended up in the book. They saw the book. But I mean, what does that have to do with the Wendigo and the Indian culture? It didn't make like, any sense. Like Native American there. culture. Like, yeah, it didn't make it's any like sense. It's like they built the lore that had no background. Mm-hmm. And it didn't make sense. And sometimes I think you can get away with that. But they brought it up so many times in the movie right. that it feels like it should have been elaborated on a little right. bit more. Or they should have figured it out, or the or maybe we just weren't we we zoned out and missed it or whatever. Because I know that in the beginning of the movie, she was wearing it around her neck, and he was like, "How much do you think it's worth?" And she's like, "Well, I'm kind of thinking of keeping it." And he's like, "Drinks his beer." Did they steal it? Like that was kind of unclear. It seems like they stole it from some lady or something. Somebody they stole it from somewhere. I don't know how. Maybe they disturbed a grave or robbed an old family Mm -hmm. or something. But she wanted to keep it. And he goes outside and hears, like, noise and gets yanked by fucking Bigfoot. They they see the eyes. And she is already affected by the Wendigo. Oh, because of the necklace. Right. right. So he thinks that Bigfoot Bigfoot has done it, even though at the end of the movie he talks about how he already knew it was the Wendigo. He just didn't want to believe. And that kind of pissed me off. That was weird. It's like, okay, you you believed in the Bigfoot guy, but you, yeah... That kind of made me like go, okay, what? Like, I mean, I can kind of believe it, but there was 
I don't know. It seemed weird that he became all of a sudden this Bigfoot hunter mm-hmm. overnight. You know, it just didn't feel it wasn't overnight. I well, mean... it just didn't feel authentic. Like I didn't. Right. It, the the movie did not take me to the points where it needed to to make me feel that was authentic. Right. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that I mean, was kind of a big gripe with me. But... I did like the concept with him, with him kidnapping the other girl to use her as bait. It didn't I mean, feel right for me. I don't know what it is. Really? Okay. I but really it, just wasn't jiving with that. It was just, there was too much going on, so it was like, oh, great, another side quest is going on here. And he did such a great job in, this, in the retreat. It just seems such night and day performances, mm-hmm. you know? It almost felt like, like, I, I don't dislike this movie, and I know a lot of people do, but, you know, when they talk about Jason goes to hell a lot, uh huh. where they had the bounty hunter that was, like, hunting Jason. Uh-huh. It was this black guy. I can't think of his name. God, I haven't seen that movie in forever. A lot of people were, like, making fun of him. Like, but uh-huh. I actually like him. I think I liked him in the story. But this seemed like a much more toned down version of that guy. Oh, okay. Like, he just didn't, it didn't, it felt too cartoonish. Yeah, it did. Even he though did it was cartoonish. like like the guy that was bounty hunting Jason in the in the Jason Goes to Hell was sort of cartoonish. It kind of made sense and it kind of worked out because that's how the movie was. Right. This did not feel right. <laughs> right. Like it's like one moment you're like, oh, they're kind of having fun and and he's not such a bad guy, and then he's like, mm-hmm. you fucking bitch, you know, and he fucking ties her to the tree and shit. Right. And it's like, oh. <laughs> He just went from zero to Trump and like, no. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. Don't get mad. (laughs) I did. I did like the part where um, uh, her and the professor get in the car to go use the phone because there's no signal. So they're driving and. And the fucking. uh, She sees something in the road. The blue boy smashes out the window. Right. But what was cool was when Dennis, the professor, got pulled out of the car and then blood was spraying everywhere and stuff. I like that part. Well, do you know who who they saw on the road? That was the Bigfoot hunter's wife who got dragged into the forest by the Wendigo. I didn't see that. Yeah. She was like slumped down with her hair, oh. hair down in front of her face. She had a blood splat on her chest. She oh. she was in the back seat of the car after the Wendigo or the Wendigo blue boy came and took and killed the uh, teacher. Oh, okay. And oh. She was like, ah. I don't know why I missed that, but okay. So, this is the part that really confused me is because like, okay, there's obviously transitions from from full blue boy and and I guess this is the middle section where like I don't know if she was being like because their friend the girl that was in the car mm-hmm. is obviously getting affected by the demonic spirit of the Wendigo because you see many scenes of it over top of her mm-hmm. in the bed and stuff and then the blue boys oh, but she's right. also kind of like acting like a deadite right which she did a good job I she actually, did a good job I thought she did a good job but contextually in the movie I didn't really understand where it fit in there, mm-hmm. even though I liked her performance in it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Like, she did an exceptional job as a demonic person. Mm-hmm. Like, she really did. Yeah. And I, and I should have mentioned that in my spoiler-free, but it's hard to mention that, you know. Right, everything, yeah. Yeah, because you can't, but. And there's a lot it, of characters. It just I just wasn't sure how that piece fit into the Wendigo. Right. It felt like yeah, it was just exactly. this floaty bit in your drink, and you're like, what is it doing? Yeah, and she got possessed by the Wendigo or the necklace, because she stole the necklace off the dead body. I thought it was cool that they added it in there, because it's like, you got Bigfoot, you got the Wendigo, you got the Blue Boys, now you got to possess people. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck else is happening here, right. you know? You got ghosts. 
Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because anybody that's possessed by the Wendigo turned into the Blue Boy. That's the thing. Because we found out at the end of the retreat, he turned into the thing or whatever. So that's Mm -hmm. why we know that they change into it. But to have some other demonically possessed person just doesn't really kind of make sense. Mm -hmm. It's a nice addition, but it kind of just feels like pointless. Right. Like there's no... Yeah. It's like too much going on again. Too much. It's, it's Too many characters. I like that they added it, but that balancing act is not well done there. Mm-mm. And maybe they, that's just me being too particular, but... They I, shouldn't have had Bigfoot in it. You I don't know. know. What I mean? They shouldn't have had Bigfoot in it. It could have just been the well, Wendigo stalking them. I have no problem with Bigfoot being in it. I just think that they should. he should have been more in it. Right. If they're going to put him... Yeah. Yeah. Like, he should have been, like, fighting, breaking into the house to fight for these people or whatever. Maybe give him a gun. Uh, I mean, that's how silly it was getting. Maybe not put in the... (laughs) I'm totally kidding about the gun thing. Oh. (laughs) I didn't even catch that. Shotgun Chewy. Maybe if they would have left out some of, like, the relationship tension shit and... Yeah, I don't think it needed to be in there. Yeah. The characters aren't that strong for it to do it. The only two characters we really needed to know is the bitchy girl who is actually kind of a cool cool chick that Mm -hmm. that we see that trans... Her change Mm -hmm. into this, like... You know, actual good person, and the 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 nerdy guy is actually not so bad either. Right. You know, so it's kind of like this thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And maybe that was cool, but all these other characters are very disposable. Right. Very. And they were. They were disposable. Like even his girlfriend was disposable in the fact that we didn't really know why she was getting possessed anyway, and they didn't really explain that it was the necklace, the Bigfoot guys, like girlfriend mm-hmm. and then they didn't even oh, have yeah, her yeah. connect with him at any point right which is even more weird to mm-hmm. me and he gets possessed later right. on creepily possessed you see fucking bigfoot sloshing around like smashing fucking blue boys up against trees mm-hmm. which was kind of funny right and what did you think about the wendigo and the bigfoot going at it well he didn't really go at it with him he just he just growled at him and it like its eyes went out right it's like he ran out of batteries that was it. it was i don't even think it was it wasn't even like a five minute scene it was like a less than five minute scene i don't know if it was like was he scared of the fucking bigfoot or he just couldn't break through that thick skull is <laughs> you know what i mean he's like how do i scare this stupid ape <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just feel like it's a little it's a little silly like mm-hmm. I, I don't know that i would really want to watch this one again because of how long it took to get to that part mm-hmm. but if i just watched this as a short and saw like Sasquatch beating up on the fucking things. Yeah, like, I'm. that's cool. Right. I don't know. Like, I, I just wasn't wild as much in this one. Right. Oh, I forgot. We didn't mention, like, the title. They really should have called this Dead Month. Oh, Remember? that's right. In the like, v- What she's talking about, to refresh your guys' memories here, in the very beginning of the movie, there's this, this thing that pops up on the screen to kind of tell you. And it's like... There is an area deep in the heart of the northeastern wilderness known for its recurring sightings of the legendary Bigfoot. Since 1985, there have been over 200 eyewitness accounts of strange creatures living in the forest, all of occurred between the dates of the September 4th and October 2nd of each year. In that same time, there have been 54 reported missing persons, cases, or deaths. To this day, the reasons for the disappearances are still unsolved. The locals refer to this time of the year 
as the Dead Month. Which I thought would have been cool. A That's cool a concept. way cooler name. And they did. They mentioned it again at the very end of the movie, too. The gas station guys. Right. Like, mentioned, like, oh, well, it's Dead Month. Well, maybe like there's, that. like, another movie that's already out like that or some sort of book or something oh. that they couldn't use it. Okay. You know what I mean? Like well, that's a cool that's, concept. Yeah, Dawn of the Beast sounds a little cheap, but it also kind of sounds apropos in a way. Right. Because <laughs> it's like partially kind mm-hmm. of a cheapy movie, mm-hmm. you know? Right. I don't know. I still enjoyed I had a good time, and I like the, the... There's a lore there that fascinates me, but doesn't take me where I wanted to go with either of these movies. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate because they're they're not bad ideas. I definitely am I'm on board for watching Mont- more... Of Bruce, yeah, me too. I am. I am. I'm on board. Like, I'm. I'm down to check out his newer movies and stuff, and his older stuff too, just to see. Yes, uh, I think there is definite potential. I think, in my opinion, he needs to do more stuff like the retreat, mm-hmm. and like focus on that mind trippy thing a little bit, and kind of crafting that. Mm-hmm. I don't that know, makes sense. you know, because it felt a little bit more realistic, right? So, and maybe maybe that was more of a pet project for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and this was more the one that was kind of thrown together at the mm-hmm. last minute. Like, hey, we got all these props. Let's just uh, make another movie. Right. Which mm-hmm. there's something to be said about that, too. Yeah. And if that's the truth, it, I mean, it's not a horribly bad movie for just, you know, whipping one out. Yeah. No, no, no. Not at all. Like, there's worse right. movies than this. That's for sure. That oh, yeah, spent totally. way more time, probably. Right. <laughs> it's called Lady in the Water. Oh, no. <laughs> I like that movie. I hate that movie. You need to rewatch it. I guess so. It's a fable movie. That's the way I look at it. Oh, God. It's a fable. It never ends. Story changes. It's a modern day fable. Changes and changes and changes. Uh, we'll see. Annoying. Anyway. anyway. So, yeah, guys, what did you guys think of this? Uh, like I said, you know, everybody has their own opinions. We may not like something that you like or you may like something that we don't or I don't know. It could be, you know, whatever it is. But I, I think it's worth at least watching these, you know, whether it be on Tubi or on Prime or wherever. Uh, check them out. See what you think, because I have heard both sides of the coin that they didn't like it or they did like it. So mm-hmm. I right. think there's potential here with Bruce. So, you know, with that said, Next week, we are going to be watching some movies. What are we watching there, Alex? We're going to be watching two Vinegar Syndrome movies that were sent to me. Thank you, Vinegar Syndrome. It's almost like a Chris, It's like a birthday present for me, really, because it came. <laughs> did it come on my birthday? I think it did, or the day before. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. Uh, so they sent me out a copy of Rush Week from 1989, which is uh, essentially about a Rush Week that happens, and there is... An ambitious young journalist working for the college newspaper, tired of covering the same boring stories as her peers, she becomes intrigued by the recent disappearances of several female students and believes that they may be linked to an on-campus murder that happened the previous year during the college's raucous rush week. Raucous. Raucous, I think that's how you say it. Anyway. So this looks like a kind of a sort of a slasher one. Um, I think I've seen this one before, but it's been a very long time and I have not seen it again. This next one we have is from 1995 and it's got, uh, it's called Last Gasp and it's about Leslie Chase will do anything it takes to push through his mega real estate company. Mega real estate company. <laughs> Even if it includes arranging the massacre of a Mexican native tribe to clear a patch of land. Sounds like that oh my fucking... Oh, What was that bear movie we watched that, that, that you liked? 
Remember where the bear swats the guy, the kid, and it just... He just oh, exp- flings? Huh? I don't remember. I don't know. It was about a mutated bear. Oh, okay. And then the natives were trying to protect their land, and then that guy pulled out a chainsaw or whatever. I don't even remember. Anyway, it reminds me of it. I, I can't think of what it's called. But um, he's trying to clear a patch of land uh, that is a Mexican, Mexican native tribe, but no bad deed goes unpunished as a, after murdering the tribe's chief in cold blood, Leslie's body and mind are taken over by the chief's vengeful Uh-oh. spirit. Oh my god, Which, possession. Movie. I don't think I ever saw this, but these are relatively new that just released on Vinegar Syndrome, so I'm kind of curious to check these out, and hopefully you guys will follow us along with these. Um, I don't think they're out to watch anywhere other than on Vinegar Syndrome currently, but mm-hmm. usually a few months later they'll be out. Um, but if you are interested in picking these up, and you haven't heard anything about them, we'll let you know the deets on them. Yep. So other than that, guys, thank you so much for coming by this week. We really appreciate all the support that you give us uh, on and offline. It all helps. So if you know somebody that would enjoy a podcast like this or any of our YouTube videos or Twitch streams or whatever it may be that we provide here at BTV, please let somebody know. It really does help us survive and keep us alive and strong doing what we love. We, We thank you every week. And as always... Long live the boy.